Hey, this is Alan from Praise. So glad that you are checking out this message from our Sunday morning service. We're right in the middle of a series about the Holy Spirit. All we're doing is we're reading about how the Holy Spirit has moved in ages past in order to better understand how he might move today in unique ways where our world might be primed for him to move in our midst. We're calling it the Holy Spirit, rethinking the spirit of our age. Thank you again for checking it out. And I just believe that God's going to move uniquely in your life as a result. God bless. Glad to have everybody together, kids. If you've not been in this service or series, we have been talking about the Holy Spirit. And our series has been called The Holy Spirit. And that's because we're very creative. And what we've been doing is just reading, starting in the left side of this thing, working to the right side of this thing, the times when the Holy Spirit showed up. We've talked for a long time about this, um, but in many ways, we were supposed to be done, but some missed the music, and I believe the Holy Spirit said, I'm just getting started. And so we felt like we need to create more space for him to move as part of this series, okay? And so what we're going to do is we're going to read just a few more stories over the next several weeks. At least next week, we actually have a guest speaker, Rick DeBose, uh, who's going to be here with us uh, for a mission service. But then for the weeks after that, we're going to have just a unique and special, I believe, time. And so as part of this generation service, it seemed like a good time also to read uh, just a story, a couple of stories about the Holy Spirit. And we're in Acts. We've worked here all the way from Genesis. And so we're going to start reading today in Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Today's message is called The Hidden Mysteries. The Hidden Mysteries. Ooh. The Hidden Mysteries. Acts chapter 19. And I'm going to read a lot, so I'm going to read fast. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast, where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? He asked. Then they replied, the baptism of John. And Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. And as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is what I was talking about. They took that step of obedience and said, I want to be baptized into the faith. And they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. And there were about 12 men in all. So Paul is here traveling. He stops in this place called Ephesus as part of kind of moving through this whole land. He finds some believers who were baptized just as part of John's thing. And yet had not fully put their faith, or they had put their faith in Jesus, but had not taken that step. And there's 12 of them, and he baptizes them in the name of Jesus. And as part of that, then prays over them, and they are filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit as well. And as part of that, they begin to speak in other tongues, and they also begin to prophesy. The story continues. Then Paul 
went into or went to the synagogue and preached boldly for the next three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom of God. But some became stubborn, rejecting his message and publicly speaking against the way. So Paul left the synagogue and took the believers with him. Then he held daily discussions at the lecture hall of Tyrannus. They went on, this went on for the next two years so that people throughout the province of Asia, Asia, both Jews and Greeks, heard the word of the Lord. And God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. So for two years, Paul is in Ephesus, and, and his reception in Ephesus is unlike his reception anywhere else. You don't see anything, at least as far as recorded for us, this level. Like, first, he finds some people, shares the full message with them. They're baptized in Jesus, and then the Holy Spirit's poured out, and these guys all of a sudden become a part of the church, right? And, and, and then here in Ephesus, things take off quickly. He goes to the synagogue, and, and people believe and put their faith in Jesus, and then some push back, which typically will happen, but then he just moves over to this other place, and we're not entirely sure what that means. It may be that he's setting up some sort of school, or he's just lecturing there, and other people are coming and hearing, but in some way, as a result of what's happening here in Ephesus, the word of God spreads all over that entire area. What is interesting is what it says next, that God gave Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. The word, therefore, unusual is like not casual. So these aren't just miracles, which I consider to be unusual. These are not casual miracles. These are not your everyday run-of-the-mill Walmart miracles. These are something more. And then it gives us an example of one of them. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases, and evil spirits were expelled. So he has a towel, and he just touches it, and somehow somebody else gets a hold of that towel, and they then bring it to somebody, and maybe they're praying for them. I don't know how they figured it out to begin with, but it works. They put their faith in this or in Jesus and God's healing power, and miraculous things are happening through a towel. Now, I remember when I was a kid, one time, we received in the mail an envelope and on the front of the envelope, it had this clear window, and inside the clear window was a piece of fabric. And it said, on the front of the envelope, inside is your prayer cloth. And I don't know how we got it, how it made its way to our house, but I opened it up, and it was from a ministry. And this ministry said, here is your prayer cloth. You can put this on blisters and boils, and it will heal those blisters and boils for you. And then it said, and please put some money in this envelope and send it back to us. I don't know how they got our name, because I don't think my parents had committed any kind of money to it, but I remember finding this thing and opening it up, and I tried to use the little prayer cloth, and it didn't work. How many of you have ever gotten something like that? Okay. This is something that has been abused. And so as a result, when things get weird, we get weird about them. 
But let's step back and think about what actually happened. In this moment, in some way, God used this to do miracles that were not ordinary miracles, not your everyday run-of-the-mill miracles. These were something special. God used a cloth in order to heal. How incredible is that? This doesn't really show up in other places in Scripture. There's a few things that do happen. There's when Elijah ascends and Elisha gets his mantle and then he uses it and he touches the water and then the water parts. But just in general, this idea that God's power could be in a thing or this thing could be used as an act of faith in order for somebody to be healed. But that's what happens here. The Holy Spirit uses a towel and that same Holy Spirit is available to you and me and says, I want to use you. So the story doesn't end there. After this, it says, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading priest, were doing this. But one time when they tried it, the evil spirit replied, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but who are you? And then the man with the evil spirit leaped on them, overpowered them, and attacked them with such violence that they fled from the house naked and battered. Kids, did you guys read this story in kids' church last week? <laughs> no. Um, wow. So here are some people who may be saying the right words, but there is something missing so that the words themselves are not enough. So they take off, they're naked. So like they're not clothed in more ways than one, right? Like they're not clothed, but they're also not clothed with the power of the Holy Spirit. So that in this moment, when they tell that demon to leave, the demon says, yeah, I, I don't think so. Not for you anyways. There is something they are missing. There is some sort of power that is inside of Paul that is not inside of them. All right, I need a volunteer. If you're a volunteer, yeah, you guys are not the type. Okay, I need a specific kind of volunteer. All right, I need, like, I've got five things. I think I need this volunteer. You can keep your hand up if you qualify for all of them. Number one, you have to be legally responsible for yourself. Okay. Number two, you have to have a stomach of steel. If you have thrown up in 2023, this is not something for you. Number three, you have to have good eyesight. Okay. Like you have to be able to read big words in public. Big words in public. If, if you can read little words... But big words in public. You need to be able to read big words in public. Anyone? Just Becky? All right. Okay, Kevin King. Anyone else? Okay. Okay. You need to be known for 
doing less than wise things <laughs> for little to no recompense. Between Bill and Justin, okay, okay. I'm gonna go with Bill because I don't mind seeing him throw up on stage. All right, come on, Bill, if you don't mind. All right. Yes, 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 settle down. All right, Bill, here we have a super serious waiver. It says super, come, come into the light, my son. Um, super serious waiver. If you don't mind uh, reading for us uh, the, the very small fine print there, uh, just, just, yeah, all of that. Can you read that? All right. Okay. Ultra supreme mega important fine print. By participating in this thing you are about to do, the signee solemnly acknowledges the omnipotent powers of this document. Here and after refers to as super serious waiver. The signee does hereby for themselves, their heirs, executors, dogs, cats, and one houseplant, they keep forgetting to water, waive and release all and any rights and claims for any potential, whimsical, or oddly specific incidents that may lead to a state of not being alive. <laughs> also known colloquially as, please don't die. Should the attendee encounter spontaneous outbreaks of laughter, urge to dance, or a sudden realization of their own morality, they understand that these are desired side effects and the super serious waiver deems them to be wholly responsible for their own existential realizations. <laughs> Remember, please don't die. We've just vacuumed. Written by ChatGPT. If you don't mind signing on the line, sir, I'm pretty sure having been written by ChatGPT, that is legally binding. We have not had our lawyers look that over, but I'm pretty sure it's rock solid. Okay, Bill, thank you so much for volunteering. I have two things today for you to drink a little bit of. This right here, is maple sap. Oh, sorry, maple syrup. Now, I don't want you to drink the whole thing because that is a lot, okay? So you might just take a little bit of a sip of it. I don't know that I would take maple syrup straight, but that's what this is. This isn't the fake stuff. This isn't Aunt Jemima's. This is not, is there an Aunt Jemima's anymore? I don't think there is, sorry. Whatever it's called now. But this is not that. This is not the fake stuff. This is the real deal maple syrup. Would you take just a little sip of that today? That's delicious. It is delicious. Okay. Now, in this cup, what we have is not maple syrup. This is unadulterated maple sap. 
directly out of the tree. Drained out of the tree, this is straight, nothing else added, maple sap. Organic. Yes, it is organic. (laughs) It's wet. It is. When I drank some, it gave my stomach all kinds of weird kind of responses. Cool. How you doing? Look forward to that. Okay, all right. Would you give Bill a round of applause? That's it. That's all I needed. About two years ago, I used an illustration. And ever since then, I have never been able to get away from it. It is the difference between maple syrup and maple sap. Maple sap straight out of the tree, and maple syrup, again, unadulterated, and yet much stronger, much richer, much more flavorful. The difference between these two things is this, or is this is this, boiled down 40 to 1. So you would need 40, oh, by the way, Bill, I did have a jar of maple sap, or maple syrup for you. After service. In fact, I also have some maple sap if you would like to take it home and drink it moving forward. Either way, with the maple sap, I tried some. Bill tried some. We'll see what happens to him. Um, It had this tiny bit of sweetness, not nearly on the level of this. This is strong, it's potent, it's sticky. Mm, I got a little bit on my finger. I haven't had sugar, and that is good. But this gives life. This is just sweet. It's good on French toast, but a tree needs this to live. When we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, I think sometimes we think this is all there is to that. The power of a unique and special him showing up. But there is also a daily presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives that may not be quite as sweet. What I mean by that is this. Sometimes I think we do a disservice even when we gather and we have powerful times together where the Holy Spirit moves. But what we are doing here is the gathering together of people who have been saved, who have been filled who have been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And so when you come and you worship and you listen to a message, you read scripture and you pray in this place, sometimes it is overwhelmingly powerful. And then we compare that to our experience at home when it's just us, early in the morning, late at night, and we are seeking in the same way for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And sometimes when we expect this there, we are disappointed. But this does not give life. This does. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 15 when he was talking about what it's like to be connected to him. He said it's like branches plugged into a vine. That's what Jesus said. And that daily plugging into Jesus may not feel as powerful It may not feel as emotional, but that's the thing that will give you life. Now, 
Just because he shows up in a little different way there doesn't mean there aren't times for the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in this place as well. And boy, I want them. I want to end with a passage today um, from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 7, specifically in following. Because there he talks about how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And now, we now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. This is Paul talking. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus, so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more glory. And that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. There is really two sides to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. There is that connecting to the vine wherein his spirit is working in us every day. And again, it may not be as sweet. Might even call it semi-sweet. And often it may even be mixed with salty tears. But then there are times where the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is so evident and so rich that there is like an overflowing. You can tell we are filled with the Spirit. And both of these things are important for believers. What I love about the Holy Spirit, there's so many things, is one of the things we've talked about through this series has been the ways of the Holy Spirit breaks down barriers. He breaks down barriers with race. 
He breaks down barriers with class. He breaks down barriers with gender. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, he is poured out on all flesh. And our sons and our daughters prophesy. And he is poured out on servants and those they serve. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is poured out in such a way, time and again, breaking ideological and race barriers. And there's another barrier that, at least in our culture, is still to this day even encouraged. Ageism. In our culture, some cultures revere elders. And some cultures don't. And our culture is one of those that does not. Because often with age comes increasing difficulty physically, inability to do the things, serve in ways they've served before. And yet what I just read in Scripture is that even as maybe our physical ability decreases, one thing that does not is the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. In fact, with age and with decreasing physical ability, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit increases. Which means, for those people who value the Holy Spirit, we ought to also not just honor and respect, but seek wisdom from, but also seek blessing from our elders. So here's what we're going to do today on this Generation Sunday. I am convinced, I woke up in the middle of the night two weeks ago, convinced that the way this service was supposed to end was not for me or our prayer team to pray with families, but instead for elders in the church in whom I have and others have recognized the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to be those who pray over our families. And so I've contacted some of those elders of the church. One of the prerequisites was either white hair (laughs) or no hair, okay? So, (laughs) but people in whom you see the Spirit at work. And so I'm going to ask those elders to come to the front. We set up stools because often again, there is um, decreasing ability to be able to stand for a long time. So I'm going to invite our elders that I've contacted to come at this time and to, to find some space across the front of um, this auditorium. And I believe that during this time that the Holy Spirit is going to minister in a powerful way. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. First, as a family maybe, because this is our family service, as a family, maybe this would be a time to come and corporately as a family seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit. 
I have talked to countless parents. And one thing that is unique about Pentecostal churches is this, that there is a deep, deep desire for our generations to see those generations that follow to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. If I want to take up an offering without even saying a word, I make sure it's for kids' camp. We put envelopes on the chairs, don't even address it during the service. Why? Because our generations want the next generation to experience the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit because we know what difference it has made in ours. And so I've talked to parents who've wanted their kids to experience that power and presence at whatever age they're at. Time and time again, I hear the same thing. I want them to know Jesus the way I know Jesus. I want them to experience his presence the way I've experienced his presence. So what we're gonna do is maybe you together as a family during this time as we worship might come together and allow one of these elders, biblical model of allowing those who have lived the faith experience the power and presence of the Holy Spirit to pray over you in that way. And then maybe you want to pray together as a family and seek the blessing of the elders of your church. Well, here's some of them. And maybe you would allow them to just pray a blessing over you.